Good afternoon and welcome to Midday Moms. Um, this is Dorothy Polarski of CatholicMomsGroup.com, faith partners with the Archdiocese of Toronto. Um, just wanted to extend a very warm welcome to each and every one of you. As you're signing on, maybe you can say hello to us in the chat box. Um, you know, it just, it's really kind of reassuring to know that there's someone there. So you can say, oh, hi, Claude. She's, uh, she's, she's from far away. You, she's in Dubai. So thank you, Claude, Claude for oh, wow. joining us. Yeah. Welcome. <laughs> uh, so thank you for joining us. Uh, all of you, please uh, say hello. I also wanted to extend a warm welcome to our special guest today, um, Heidi Saxton. Heidi, can you maybe just say a little bit about yourself before we get Hi. started? Sure, Dorothy. This has been such a blessing to be part of this. Uh, Dorothy and I um, have known each other for several years now, but most recently we've had a chance to work together on this special project of mine, the Ave Prayer Book for Catholic Mothers which I believe many of your readers have also already gotten their copies of it. It's very exciting, but uh, I work as an editor for Ave Maria Press. I'm, I'm one of their acquisitions editors. And most recently I was traveling across the United States on uh, promoting the Ave Prayer Book, but just getting to meet Catholic moms across the country in, in a project that I called Pray Across America. So I traveled up from uh, the Chicago area all the way down to Alabama, so several thousand miles across the country, in order to be able to meet and greet and share with these ca precious Catholic moms who are experiencing so much change and transition and stress, and but also great joy in getting to pray with them and share with them was just such a beautiful, beautiful experience. I hope to do it again. Maybe yeah. I'll do Canada next time. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully, we could get to uh, we could get you over here and. Uh, again, I, I was just very honored and, and privileged that um, Heidi asked uh, asked me to be a part of that book. So there is a reflection um, in that book about my favorite prayer. And so I think I'm going to start today's session with my favorite prayer. And those of you that have attended um, our Dynamic Women of Faith Conference or you've attended any of our Catholic Moms groups, uh, this prayer will not be unfamiliar to you. I have printed and distributed thousands and thousands of copies of this prayer. Um, and so I'll, I'll pray it out loud now as we begin today's session. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. O Holy Spirit, beloved of my soul, I adore you. Enlighten me. Guide me strengthen me, console me, tell me what I should do, give me your orders. I promise to submit myself to all that you desire of me and to accept all that you permit to happen to me. Let me only know your will. And that prayer is by Cardinal Mercier. I'm gonna read it just one last time and I won't, I won't read it as slowly. O Holy Spirit, beloved of my soul, I adore you. Enlighten me, guide me, strengthen me, console me, tell me what I should do, give me your orders. I promise to submit myself to all that you desire of me and to accept all that you permit to happen to me. Let me only know your will. And again, that's a prayer by Cardinal Mercier, and it's in the book. Show the book again. Show the book. Hey, okay. the prayer book for Catholic mothers. Yeah, a special prayer by. Uh, yeah, no. <laughs> it's uh, it's it's all, my all-time favorite prayer. Um, I just wanted to say hello again to some of you. Uh, Anna Keyworth from California. Hello, uh, Anna. Great to have you here, uh, Katie. Oh my gosh, I'm jealous. She goes, from the car as we drive to the beach. Okay, you're seeing the mommy monster in me now. I'm jealous. Way to go, girl. Uh, Bernadette from Cambridge. Uh, welcome, Bernadette. And Claude is from St. Mary's 
Catholic Church in Dubai. Um, Nelsie is one of our mother's group leaders at St. Benedict Parish in Milton. She does an outstanding job. Uh, Nelsie's just come back from an exciting trip. Where were you just recently, Nelsie? Tell us all about it. Uh, and Kristina Zasovsky. Kristina is also one of our mother's group leaders. Um, she's a, a mom of eight, and she was one of the founding mother's group leaders in the Archdiocese of Toronto. Um, I have turned to Christina dozens and dozens of times because she's a mother of eight and she's a grandmother and she skis and she's beautiful and she's such a source of inspiration to me. Uh, thank you for joining us, uh, Christina. For those of you that don't know very much about our ministry, I'm going to just take two minutes to show you a short um, a ministry video. I promise it won't take very long. Again, we're faith partners with the Archdiocese of Toronto. We're on a mission to revive the vocation of motherhood, and we do so primarily by helping parishes start parish-based Catholic moms groups. And um, we started Midday Moms in response to the COVID pandemic because a lot of our groups weren't able to, most of our groups were not able to make, meet in person and everything in my heart just, just was bursting. I wanted to reach out to the moms in our archdiocese to say that you're not alone. And so, you know, as a joke, I said, okay, we're gonna have five or six of these sessions and then the pandemic is gonna be over and we're gonna go to regular. <laughs> Oh, wow. It might work out that way. <laughs> so year, you know, two years later, week after week, we've been hosting uh, Midday Moms. And now it's just been a great privilege to be able to start Catholic Moms groups in Wales and Minnesota in just you know, in North Pole, Alaska. So we've helped parishes right across um, not only our archdiocese, but um, we are working right now with the Hamilton Diocese, the Peterborough Diocese. Anyway, I'm not going to go on and on and on too long, but I am going to share with you a ministry video. Now, let me just share my screen. Come Holy Spirit. There we go. Can everyone see that? Can you see that? Okay. So again, if you're interested in starting a Catholic moms group, I say Google three words, Catholic moms group, three words, and you'll come to our website here and we can help your parish start a, a group for just moms, mothers and tots or virtual uh, meetups. And so here's our short ministry video, come Holy Spirit. Mothers, by our very nature, we are nurturing, loving caregivers. We are social beings made for friendship and community. We are also spiritual by nature, made by a loving God to know him and love him, and to pass this love of our Catholic faith on to our children. But right now, many mothers feel overextended, distracted, and exhausted. Though as Catholics, we have the community of our church, many mothers attending mass could not name the moms sitting next to them in the pew they share. Community and support among Catholic mothers is desperately needed in this hectic and chaotic culture. Your parish needs you to bring these moms together. Hi, my name is Dorothy Polarski. I'm the founder of Catholic Moms Group. We at Catholic Moms Group are on a mission to revive the vocation of motherhood. We exist to bring together like-minded, faith-filled mothers who crave community and are focused on spiritual growth, Catholic teaching, and fellowship. Can you imagine a thriving, engaged mothers group at your parish? a group of moms in love with their Catholic faith, ready to serve other mothers no matter what stage of motherhood they're at. Can you imagine what a difference that would make at your parish? Starting a mother's group, it's not rocket science. 
but working with a team who's done it before and who's done it dozens and dozens of times sure does help. The Catholic Moms Group membership site is an online community that offers training, resources, and dozens of tools for parishes to help them start a mother's group quickly and efficiently. We're here to provide you with a clear path to launching a Catholic Moms Group at your parish. All of our materials are 100% Catholic. We have clearly laid out meetup plans for both mom's groups and toddler groups. We are obedient to the magisterium of the Catholic Church. We have created dozens of tools that are going to save you time and energy. And besides that, we love our Blessed Mother. We constantly turn to her for her intercession. You can make a huge impact in your parish, so join us. We are revolutionizing the way parishes start mothers groups by providing parishes with a Catholic mothers group starter kit and by nourishing and training a community of Catholic mothers group leaders across the world. It's time to start a mothers group at your parish. Join us today. Again, if uh, you're interested in starting a Catholic moms group, Google three words, Catholic moms group, and uh, reach out to me. I would, would love to help you. Um, yeah, like a mother's group changed my life. And I could, you know, we're not here to talk about how mother's group changed my life. But, um, you know, from a corporate setting where I was traveling internationally, delivering, um, you know, corporate training seminars on a hundred and different one different topics for actually an American seminar company to becoming a mother it was like it was a huge transition. Anyway, I could go on and on, but we're here today to talk about the mommy monster. <laughs> now, um, Heidi was uh, gracious enough to send me a copy of her booklet. Uh, raising up mommy virtues for difficult uh, mothering moments. I know she's rewriting that booklet and she she's including the term mommy monster. It kind of scared me. <laughs> so tell me a, a little bit about how this topic came to be and what do you mean by mommy monster? And yeah. But you know, you know, I, I didn't get married until I was 35 and didn't become a mom until I was 38. Up until that time, you know, I I just ran my own life. I was in Catholic publishing at that time and, and pretty much focused on my job and traveling around and doing a lot of things. And what was really interesting is that when I became a mom, my husband and I fostered and then adopted uh, a brother and sister from foster care in 2005. We started out with three and then the older daughter was adopted by another family and we adopted the younger two. And it wasn't until I became a mom and was, was taking care of these kids full time, I'd sort of stepped away from work. I was still continuing to study, still continuing to do some work, but um, I just realized how, in many ways, how selfish I was and how much of a temper I had because you know, there's nothing like three, you know, constant a year of sleep deprivation and, and just noise and, and craziness to really get on your very last nerve. And so, and so the, the real Heidi just came out in droves and I was just really struggling with this because I knew that this was not the person that I wanted to be, but it was almost like um, this different person took over when I was just overstressed and just overwhelmed. It's very easy for those little toxic habits that are just sort of hidden inside and waiting to come out while they come out in droves. I remember watching my children play with my husband, Craig, of the foster kids at the time. And the little boy was particularly scared of my husband. He wasn't really good around men. Um, he'd had a very sad history. And so my husband would get down on the ground and growl and, and chase, the, chase the kids around in a very playful way. And they would just thought that was 
great all their inhibitions were overcome they would jump on Craig and they would roll around and just have a grand old time and it got to the point where my son would start out the game as daddy monster you know, he called daddy monster and dad would Chris Craig would get on his hands and knees and chase him around and so one time um, I was in one of these overwhelmed states and I was just you know, just yelling at the top of my lungs about how I needed help and this was just too much and blah, blah, blah. And I heard the little voice come from a corner of the room, mommy monster. So now I know where that name comes from. Yeah, Bobby Buster. So I remember telling my friend, Jeanette Benkovic, I was working for her, working with her magazine at the time called Canticle. And I told her about this. She says, you want to write a book about that, about mommy monster, about you know, how to tame those, you know, those deadly sins of motherhood into virtue. And I thought that was a really great idea. And so I put it together. And now I, mind you, I had only been a mother for a matter of months. I knew nothing I mean, really about mothering. And so it was really an act of ultimate hubris that I would sit down and write a book about that. And so now when I'm looking back, now the kids are grown and they're off on their own now. And it's been, you know, 20 years has passed. I look at it and I think, you know, there's way more to this story than what I was able to share at that time. And so right now I'm working on putting it together and, and sort of helping reassure women, first of all, that what you're experiencing is, is normal, but that God can use it and God can teach us things through it, that we don't have to beat ourselves over when mommy monster comes to visit and we give in to the temptation to overindulge or to whatever, that each of these times, each of these choices we can make again and again and again, and maybe choose a little better next time but throughout the whole thing, see this as an opportunity to grow in grace and to not try to hide behind the perfect shell of who we would like to be or the, like we'd like to appear, but really let God into that reality of our inmost selves and let him actually transform us. And that is how uh, those graces continue to grow us and we can get rid of the monster and welcome the angel that God, uh, that God made us. He didn't make us to be angels, but you know, the, the beautiful soul and the mother that God wants us to be. Yeah. So you've said quite a, quite a few things, right? Yeah. And, I, <laughs> and so I just want to kind of decipher it first, you know, and, and so I don't know if any of you that are, you know, watching or joining us today, whether you can relate to that, where you kind of told yourself you were going to be, you know, this type of mother and then a whole bunch of things happen and you're nowhere near the mother that you had promised yourself you'd be. And so there's this disconnect and you, know, you feel a little bit guilty. And I, I want to congratulate each and every one of you for joining us today, because I think acknowledging that, okay, you know, there's a disconnect between who I feel that I can become as a mom and who I actually am. So I wanna congratulate you for, for facing that. The other thing too, um, and I wanna you know, congratulate you, uh, Heidi, just, you know, you took on two, three additional kids where you were entrenched in uh, a profession, having your first child at 35. And when you're entrenched in a profession, you know, it's, it's pretty set, right? And you, you know what to expect, you know what not to expect, you know how to overcome obstacles. And then these, you know, three kids suddenly, boom, you know, come into your life. Of course, it's going to trigger you. You know, I always say that, that becoming a mom forces you to develop more of your potential, right? And something that is, um, it's, this is difficult to say, but I'm gonna say it, you guys know me, I never shy away from saying what's difficult, but you have a choice, right? When the, when the mommy monster kind of explodes or um, you have a choice, you can say, okay, I can't handle this being a mother. I need to leave the house and, you know, 
sometimes put the kids in daycare, sometimes have someone else, you know, look after them. And we all have to make our own personal decisions. And I always say it's between you, God, and, you know, your spiritual director. So yes, you can say, I can't deal with this. I need to move this out of my life. I need someone else to be handling it. So that's one choice. Another choice is to become more of a mommy monster, right? So you get angrier. <laughs> so that's another choice. And then the third choice is to stare the mommy ma- monster down, name what she looks like, name the characteristics maybe that you have that you don't want to have, and look to transform those moments and become a saint during those moments instead of more of a monster, right? And uh, so, you know, if you've been thrown into a situation with a bunch of new kids, I think it's pretty normal to start going a little bit crazy, right? (laughs) (laughs) One of the things I wish I had done more of also was to look, I think there was a certain level of pride that I had that I was just not really actively looking for help the way that I needed to, you know, whether it's finding you know, reaching out to your husband and saying, honey, could you please help with this, this, and this, or, or finding another mom who's been in your situation. In my case, it would have been, you know, talking to other foster moms and how do you keep from running off the rails? Because, you know, these kids have special needs. Traumatized children are not like other children. They have other very particular needs. They've lost their first families. They have no reason to trust you. They had no reason to trust me. And so the behaviors were coming out and it was very normal. Other moms, maybe you have a brand new mom. You've never had a baby before reaching out to maybe whether it's your mother-in-law or some other woman from church, an older woman, your mother from church or somebody who understands and having them come alongside you and encourage you along. That can make such a huge difference. Um, Just the reality check is so important because when you're sleep deprived, and you're not eating properly and you're not getting exercise and all the things that we tend to put our own needs last and we can't run on that indefinitely. Sooner or later, something will break. And so finding somebody who can support you and encourage you to do the things that you need to do to take care of yourself, including praying, including exercising, including eating well, including sleep, (laughs) all these things are really important. Yeah. And you know, so many problems could be solved with some sleep. Right? Good nap, right? <laughs> <laughs> like, it's like, oh, I'm not actually a monster. I'm just tired, right? Yeah. So um, sometimes we're, you know, physically tired. Uh, the, the other thing too is, um, you know, I got married late as well. And, and so I got married at 34, had my first child at 35. And I was... I was like spoiled professionally because, you know, like you're delivering a seminar in Hawaii or you're delivering a seminar in Australia and the client is paying for absolutely everything. And, you know, you get this applause at the end. And at the end of the day of being a mom, you're, you know, picking, wiping out <laughs> And nobody thanks you for anything. No one thanks you for anything. But so that it makes you really question like, who am I, right? Um, I was just talking to a mom earlier today and I said, I really never found myself going to confession more than when I became a mom because it made me take a look at all of my, you know, defects and, um, and you know, and I can have quite a, I don't know what, to, you know, sometimes I have an explosive personality. My, my husband will say, you know, why are you screaming? I'm like, I'm not screaming. That's what we do. Like, you know, <laughs> Polish families, we just like talk. Right? And so he, he was, you know, much more subdued. Um, the, the one thing that really struck me, Heidi, and I, I'd love to hear more about it. Like, because uh, you said that the mommy monster takes different forms, right? Like, so we might think that the mommy monster is the mommy who screams or the mommy is the mommy monster is the monster who cries a lot. Um, but you had, a, you know, that the, the mommy monster comes in a variety of different forms. 
Um, overeating can be the form of the, the, the mommy monster. Um, you know, you read more and more and more about um, women being engrossed in wine, like maybe too much wine. And so in terms of dealing with their little ones, instead of facing some raw emotions, sometimes they drink too much. Or another one I love here is, you know, binging on Netflix or yes, um, snapping. And so it's something says to me too, and maybe you can tell me a little bit more of your thoughts that it's that the mommy monster can be taking a, us away from what our duties are as a, as a mom, right? So instead of cleaning the house, right, we're okay. Netflixing the whole day, or instead of cooking a meal. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? I'd love to hear. Um, I'd love to hear your thoughts on the different types of mommy monsters. And, and, and one thing you talked about too, is the pursuit of virtue, which I'm excited to talk about. Yeah. I, I think that one thing that's really important, a couple of things. One, you mentioned earlier, the crying, if you find yourself crying all the time, you need to go see your doctor. You need, because the uh, postpartum depression is a real thing and mental health is not always something that you can just pray away. Sometimes you do, really do need to have the assistance of a doctor or a therapist to be able to help you work through and manage. So that's, a, that's the first thing. Our God created us as body, soul creatures. And we have to take care of our bodies and our mental health in order to be able to be good moms. And, and yes, and a lot of these uh, things that I'm calling monsters are in fact responses to stress. And, and each, each of us does a little bit differently. But the thing that nobody told me about, and I wish somebody had pointed out to me earlier was people like me, and I don't know if you fall in this category, Dorothy, you're a type A personality, you used to going out there and getting things done. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Our monsters can take very different forms. And one of the worst that I found in me was this need to control you know, making everybody run on my schedule and everybody do. And so making even these little kids just, you know, you will go pick up your toys down, you will go do this and go do that. And what these kids really needed was somebody to get on the floor and play with them and to enjoy them and to put or bring a little fun into their lives. And so if we become too rigid in our scheduling, that is also, it's a, that's, that is another form of pride, you know, and it's something that we need to guard against because as mothers, we are the image of, of God to these children in terms of you know, the, way they, the way that we treat them, they're going to, is gonna have a lasting impact on their little souls. And so being that in, in, in the first Christian 13, St. Paul says, love is patient, love is kind, love is gentle, love is tender, all these compassionate things, all these things that we so much wish had been shown on us when we were children, we need to be able to pass on to our kids, even if it doesn't come naturally to us. That's where the Holy Spirit comes in. That's where the gifts of the Holy Spirit, the fruits of the Holy Spirit, we can ask the Holy Spirit to raise those up in us so that if I'm not feeling particularly gentle or kind, we can ask the Holy Spirit to bring those things out in us by his power. And that is the sign of real hope, but we need to be cognizant of where our weaknesses are, where those little monsters are, so that we can ask God to make up for that lack that we have naturally, you know? Yeah, and uh, one thing that I really, I particularly um, love about this booklet, so I'm really looking forward to your uh, new version is, is, you know, identifying some of the, you know, cardinal sins, and then sort of saying, oh my gosh, okay, right now, I'm experiencing uh, pride, right? And, um, and that, okay, the opposing, you know, virtue to, to pride is, is having humility. And, and so how can I take, you know, my pride and just dis dismantle it? Like, I really could relate where you're talking about, you know, the need for control. And sometimes I see it even with, you know, moms at church, right? Like mm -hmm. they so much want their kids to behave yeah. properly and they so much want their kids to, and they're doing everything that they can to like 
physically like restrain their kids and you can sort of see the anger and the tension and the frustration because you know moms are afraid of being judged by the little sure. ladies at sure. church right and then sometimes like I'm thinking to myself okay like maybe you know maybe consider just letting the child walk at the back and stack the hymnals or something so sometimes rather than trying to control is to try to let go a little bit right um and don't worry that that child isn't going to be as bad as you think they are uh, <laughs> if they are there's always next week right <laughs> yeah there's always next week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so i i love this you know you know taking a look at our personal pride and you know you know and then instead developing um, humility. Uh, another trap to hear that you talk about is envy. And um, my gosh, you know, like sometimes, and to be able to name those things, okay, I'm scrolling through Instagram, everyone is younger, everyone is skinnier, everyone has 10 kids, I only have two, and I begin to feel the bubbly of envy, right? Um, so can you tell us a little bit more about identifying, like, let's say, you know, sins, and then their opposing virtues as a path to becoming holier as a mom? Um, does that make, does that sound right? Or? Sure, sure. Well, I, one of the things that um, I found really helpful, um, if you're, you're listeners are probably familiar with the practice of Lexio Divina, you know, where you do the sacred reading of scriptures. And I think that oftentimes if we allow, allow ourselves to go into and we ponder and we notice like how Jesus interacted with other people and we see them come to him in their brokenness. You know, think of, for example, the woman at the well and she just had all the answers. This is one that I could really relate to well. I, I was used to having all the answers before I was a mom. <laughs> I had, you know, I was, my children were gonna be so perfect and this and that and the other thing. And, you know, and Jesus goes and talks to this woman at the well, and she had all the answers. Oh, yes, my, our fathers used to worship on this mountain. Also, like she checked off all the boxes and Jesus just looked at her and said, go and call your husband. And, you know, and, and he got her just the place where her point of weakness was. He exposed the problem where that was. And I think as we go through and reread Jesus encounters with these people in scripture, we and see the fact that it was these imperfect people that came to him and we ponder that and we think about the imperfections mm. of our lives we know where our problems are we don't you know we can read through the list of deadly sins but most of us if we're honest with ourselves we know what's going to make us lose our cool you know and so welcoming jesus in and saying lord jesus come and remove this from my heart and replace it with your dream. remove the selfishness from my heart and give me some a spirit of generosity remove the spirit of pride and help me to be humble <coughs> and but just allowing the scriptures to saturate our souls and to be that source of of comfort and consolation and reassurance um you know god isn't waiting to beat us over the head when we step out of line and i think that's something that as to the degree that we're able to embrace this ourselves, we'll be able to teach it to our children, that God is someone who loves us even when we're naughty, even when we do the bad things, that he doesn't give up on us. He loves us all just to the ends of the earth and back. You know, those children's stories, how much do I love you to the moon and back? Do you remember that, all the bunnies, you know? And, and that's how God loves us. He loves us to the end of the earth and back. And sometimes internalizing that and really coming to accept that and, and recognize that as daughters of God, we are beloved. And God created us with the personality and the gifts that we have. And he sees the dark side. He sees the flip side where the monsters come in, but he wants to work with us. And he's inviting us to come. Um, one of the things that I taught my children when they were very young to teach that when to help them sit still at mass was I would teach them about their angels and how each person has a guardian angel that follows them every day of their life. And I said to my kids, you know, there's only one time when your guardian angel will leave, is able to leave you. And that is when you're sitting at mass and you're sitting quietly and you're worshiping God, 
your angel will take your prayers up to the altar and worship with the other angels because that is the closest we ever get to heaven and all the angels are around the altar so if you sing and you sit quietly and you listen to what the priest is saying and you offer your offering of worship to god your angel can go and bring it to jesus up there on the altar but if you're naughty he has to stay behind because he doesn't have a beautiful offering to give to God. So he, your angel will be sad and he'll sit here. So do you want your angel to be happy or do you want your angel to be sad? And what's really funny is that even as the kids grew up and they would get a little squirrely at mass, all I'd have to do is reach or look at them and go like this in my hand. Are you going to give an offering? Is your angel going to take your offering? And they'd, <laughs> they'd sit up and they'd start singing and behave because that connection between their angel who wants to bring their offering to God is something they learned when they were children and they kept with them all their lives. And I think each of us can do that too. Every day we have an offering that our angel can take to God. And what kind of offering do we want to bring? Yeah, no, that's, um, that's a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful analogy. And, um, you know, I remember my, my mom, she would constantly be, um, you know, having these kind of little whispers, you know, with me during mass. And she'd say, do you know that your prayers are like so much more powerful than my prayers are? Yeah. And if you say a prayer and the prayer after you receive your first Holy Communion and the prayers right after receiving the Eucharist, they're so powerful. And a lot of people don't know that, right? Mm -hmm. um, so, so yes, yeah, so there are many things that, you know, that we can do as mothers. Sometimes too, I like to encourage mothers in accepting. Um, sometimes as moms, we have this gut sense about something, right? And maybe everyone around us is, you know, telling us that we're crazy, or maybe everyone else around us is telling us that maybe we're overreacting and that it's, you know, the mommy monster coming out when, when in fact, it's actually a, a supernatural deposit of grace that God has given mother. And I really, really encourage mothers um, to trust their gut and like sometimes we feel very uh, passionate about something maybe it's about your child not going to a particular birthday party or maybe it's about you know not allowing a particular book into the um, household and and so many times do you ever find yourself as a mother that you kind of knew that something was going to happen and that you ignored it because everyone else around you was telling you that you were just kind of being a monster. But when in fact, uh, the Holy Spirit was trying to warn you. And, um, and, and so sometimes, you know, that creative, emotional, um, remarkable side of a woman is, is part of her feminine genius. It's it's not um, it, it's not her, her monster, and so um, I really really encourage each and every one of you to bring you know that to prayer too, um, because like you know we know something on a certain level that maybe can't be communicated in words, and we have been entrusted with uh, particular graces that are that you know, our husbands haven't been. And so uh, that could probably be a whole wide other topic, right? Uh, it's okay to be passionate. It's okay to speak the truth forcefully at times. Sometimes that's what we're called to do. You know, we don't always have to be, you know, soft-spoken and, you know, never say a harsh word. Sometimes we have to speak the truth and we have to speak it in a way that they will hear it. Um, but as you said, part of the feminine genius and something that we can do to help our families as well. Yes. And, and like, you know, being, uh, you know, a, a contributor that way. Um, another thing too, that, you know, might be a, a useful exercise, I guess, to the moms here is, you know, to maybe, you know, I like, I'm a big, big journaler. And so maybe, you know, on one side of the paper list, you know, the things that you love about yourself as a mom, and then on the other side, make a list of the things that you'd like to, to see change in, because I think journaling. That's a good idea. 
Yeah. yeah. You know, journaling is sometimes uh, a useful thing. Getting enough sleep is, is another thing. Um, do you have any other sort of practical tips for moms that are struggling with? Well, I think every minute, every, if you set yourself a goal every day for at least 10 to 15 minutes, getting outside with your kids, I think that, that it's really easy sometimes, especially when our children are really little, just to stay cooped up inside and not to go out. And I think the lack of fresh, fresh air and, and movement really can quickly deplete our inner resources. I think that, you know, God created this beautiful world for us to enjoy. And so do everything every day, doing one thing to get out and breathe deeply and to run around with our kids. That's good for our bodies. It's good for our souls and it's good for our kids. It's good for our relationship with our children. So and then on rainy days, when you really can't go out, then find a way to play inside. But getting down and moving and having fun without screens, without any you know electronic entertainment, just you and maybe a book or something that's that's can be something that would just reconnect in a physical way with our kids. That's just so important. Yeah, one thing I, I don't even know how it happened, but it did. Um, you know, my daughter, she's now 26, but she had a tremendous amount of physical energy when she was, and she still does. <laughs> she's got more energy than I ever do. Um, and the, the one thing that um, I used to do, and it, and it might work for you, it might not, is sometimes I would just start praying the, like she was two years old and like all this energy and my son was a newborn and, you know, the house is a mess and my husband was traveling a lot on business and I was like, ah! <laughs> and uh, I started praying the rosary out loud, mm. right? Um, and I have a loud voice, right? And then, so she would, she would pace the outside of the carpet as I was praying the rosary. And then every time when it was come, she would say, I'm in, I'm in. Like, and I found that it just soothed, you know, it soothed me, it soothed her. And so she had this physical energy where she was like expelling it. And she was kind of like meditating and obviously she wasn't speaking yet, but then she, she okay, I'm in. Um, and so if you can, um, you know, try that as a, as a tactic is to pray the rosary. And I could really relate to, to you saying about, you know, feeling that you don't have the control and, uh, you know, I, the house wasn't as clean as it would like to be. This wasn't a, this. And I remember somehow something came to me that it's like, Dorothy, okay, this is not the time in your life where your house is going to be in complete and total order. Yep. Just deal with it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I, I did make, and this was a tip from a fellow mom from a Catholic, you know, mom's group that I started attending at the time. She said to me, okay, why not make the resolution that the top floor, yes, you know, so that if someone comes in the house, and the living room and the, the that that would be your goal right that that those two first that there was order in there and that could give you peace because i know um you know i think we all feel a little bit more peaceful when there is some order so you know maybe pick one room or maybe yes. you know a floor and say this is the order room um another tip that was given to me and I think, I think it was, uh, it was like one of these moms that had 12 kids at her parish, at, at my parish. And I was kind of like, oh my gosh, uh, how does she do it? I only have two. And she said to me, have you ever thought of, you know, attending daily mass? And I was like, what are you crazy? <laughs> I, I had attended daily mass while uh, I was a single woman, but I just thought, well, you know, you got a newborn, you have a two-year-old. And, and she goes, well, why don't you just try it? Like there's so many masses in our neighborhood and we're very blessed that we live. Um, and, and daytime, uh, weekday mass is such a great way to start training them for, for Sunday. And, you know, I met all sorts of seniors that- Yeah, adoration <laughs> is another good way. If you, can, if you feel self-conscious about a rambunctious toddler, find a time, maybe just the time to- like a couple an hour or so before regular nap time or something like that where you can go in 
and you and your toddler can spend time with Jesus and nobody will care because nobody else is there. They're no all one there. is there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And just spend some time just telling the Lord about your day and, you know, what your hopes are for your ch children and what you would like him to do in your life and just speak to him friend to friend and he will answer. He will listen to you and he will answer. Yeah. And so tell us a little bit about the Netflix mom, the mom that may be spending too much time on Netflix or even social media, right? But, you know, we have all different kinds of escape, don't we? You know, and, and it's there's nothing wrong with watching Netflix. I don't want anybody to think that, you know, well, I don't know, different people choose different streaming services or different kinds of programming. Uh, Downton Abbey was a real big thing for me for a long time. I was really watching Downton, like going on Downton Abbey. But you know when um, when it becomes a habit or when it becomes an escape, that's the point that we need to be asking ourselves, is there something out of order here? <laughs> out of order here? Is it an overindulgence or is it just a moment of <coughs> excuse me, recreation or you know, and that's fine. So is it taking care of you or is it taking over your life? And so that's, and that can be true of Netflix. That can be true of almost anything, actually. You know, if it's, if it's exercise, if some people become overly, you know, use exercise as an escape to get away from, in an unhealthy way from the family, or uh, maybe it's like you said, the drinking the wine, whatever, that all of these things that we need to ask ourselves, are they taking the place of something else that's important, you know? As, and sometimes our husbands can be a really good person to help us figure that out. If it's becoming something where, you know, if he starts making comments about, you know, the amount of time we're spending on television or the amount of alcohol we're consuming, you know, God gives us our husbands to be able to help us discern these kinds of things. And so that can be a really good way to say, you know, well, let me take a look at that. Mm -hmm. what, what if I stopped doing this for entirely for a week? How does that affect me? You know, and can I replace it with a better habit? You know, instead of Netflix for a week, let's sit down and use that time to, to read a good book or you know, even scripture or whatever it's going to be. But replacing, there's a principle that the old church fathers used to talk about where if you have a vice to replace it with a virtue. And so if you have a bad habit, a, a monster habit, replace it with something that's good and positive. And so that way it would be able to um, you'll be able to see these incremental changes in goodness. And it, I, I'd love to hear your, we're, we've got, you know, just a, a few minutes left here. We still have about 10 minutes. Um, I, I'd love to hear from some of the moms here, like, you know, that have joined us today. Can you tell us what are some of the things that you've done maybe to kind of stare down your mommy monster um you know we talked about journaling we talked about making sure you get a nap in we talked about the sacrament of confession we talked about um, immersing yourself in a little bit more scripture we talked about identifying um you know some possible sins and their opposing virtues and struggling towards those virtues, getting help, um, you know, from family members, maybe going uh, to counseling. Sometimes, you know, you might need, you know, medication. I know myself that my Catholic mom's group, <laughs> it was like a gift from heaven, right? Because all of a sudden I was meeting women that I really admired and I wanted to become more like them. And so then I could ask them, okay, how did you become like that? <laughs> <laughs> you know, you've got 12 kids. I've got two. Yeah. Like, how the heck did you do that? And, you know, she says, she said to me, like, we go to daily mass and I'm like, man, if she can get her act together with 12 kids, surely I can get my act together and maybe not go every day. And so, um, you know, I started taking my kids to the airport for mass because we'd, we'd look at the planes and, and, and having elder moms is such a good gift, right? Because you can always say to like, I, you know, phone Louise or phone Christina or phone and say, like, how do you handle this? Like, what do you do when your kids in university and they're doing this and that? Um, so Katie says here, when I lose my temper while I'm driving, my child will chime in reminding me they're God's children too, mom. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, yep. you know, 
That's good. That's very humbling. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, uh, Anna says here, I've been praying more novenas, frequent confession, and meeting with a spiritual director to work through um, my pride. The the other thing too, I, I went to I went to lunch with a, a a mom who had a two year old, and she's got three other kids that are in school, and. I was just like so delighted to be in the company of a two-year-old, like this blonde hair, <laughs> these bright blue eyes. And, uh, you know, I was saying to this mom, uh, you know, I'm going to pretend her name was Kathy. It was something else. I'm like, like, try as much as you can to look at the beauty and the goodness and enjoy, right? Enjoy. Because I, I could tell she was like so frustrated that this, you know, kid wasn't being quiet so she could like talk to me yeah. and I'm like no 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 like let's hear what he has to say right and you know bring him in because like before you know it honestly he's going to be 27 and so there's there's so much beauty and wonder and uh, joy in children and so I'm like turn on some you know, like some of the Bible tunes and start dancing with them. Like there's so much pleasure to be had with the little ones. And sometimes we miss it because we're control freaks. Well, you um, know, it's us oldest moms, sometimes making friends with an older mom who wants to hold your baby, who wants to take your two-year-old out to the park, who really would enjoy having an app, you know, 30 minutes outside with your kids so that you could get a nap. You know, there's something to be said for making those kinds of friendships, you know, and you're helping us too, uh, be able to return and, and enjoy that nurturing and that and that caregiving that used to, we used to have all the time, and now it's no longer a part of our lives. So, you know, getting into one of those women's groups that, and looking around for some of the older moms who might be able to to spell you from time to time. You know, <laughs> I remember the first time going into the, the women's group at my parish, and I had all three kids. It was the first time we'd only had the kids for a couple of weeks, but and I walked in there, I had this huge backpack from all the kids and I had a baby on the front and one in each hand. And that I found, I walked in and I found the door locked when I first got there and the little girl peed herself and there was pee going down the sidewalk. And there I was, all of us were crying. And this older woman came walking up. Oh, what do we have here? Let me help you, dear. And she got us inside and got me a cup of tea and changed the girl this is the beauty of having an older woman, an older mom in your life. If you need something like that, look around, ask God to give you an older friend. I think that you could bless, be a blessing to her too. Yeah. The, the other thing too, that was a real uh, gift from God for me was uh, I was going to daily mass at Nativity of Our Lord in Etobicoke. And my husband again was traveling a lot. And yes, I had this one elder mom and um, you know, she was saying, well, try to go to daily mass with the little ones. And it was great because there was an 1130 mass, which was perfect um, just before noon. And then one day I see, you know, a, a notice on the bulletin and it said, do you need a mother's helper with a big question mark and a phone number? And I was like, I didn't know what a mother's helper was, but I thought, okay, there's a, you know, and so I, I ran home and I called, I'm like, well, what is a mother's helper? And, and she said, well, a mother's helper is a young girl that comes to your house as often as you'd like her. And yeah, you pay her a little something. Um, but, you know, you can run out and do some groceries while she's watching the baby while it's napping, or she can help fold laundry. And I'm like, there's such a thing. <laughs> <laughs> they called older siblings. Yeah. <laughs> right. And I, I didn't have any, you know. <laughs> and so I said, Well, can you offer me a mother's helper? She goes, Yes, I can offer you, um, you know, my daughter, Anne. And I'm like, well, how old is Anne? And she's like, she's 13 years old. Huh? And, you know, she could come X number of days, you know, uh, during the week. And sometimes sometimes moms that homeschool have kids that you know can be offered as mother's helpers yeah. well I said well does Anne have any experience in you know two-year-olds in a newborn because I have a newborn and a two-year-old and my husband travels a lot on business and she goes oh Anne she has 11 brothers and sisters <laughs> Well, yes. <laughs> and, 
said she had more experience <laughs> than you did. Than me. <laughs> and so um, this mother's helper, you know, ask someone to, to come and help you and ask your priest if you can put that up. Like, you know, I need a mother's helper. Is anyone available? Um, the other thing too that I did at one point is besides hosting a Catholic moms group, I hosted a group for uh, a university girls, a girls club. And, um, you know, if you're fun with the girls, they kind of want to hang around. And so I ended up having a lot of help through those girls by the grace of God. Um, oh, Paola, I love this question. I love this question. She has, are there duties listed somewhere, the duties of a mother, or are there just suggestions? Um, I could talk about that because my, like, I guess I grew up with a Polish mother who was very duty focused and, you know, that it's our duty to have dinner at six o'clock and a hot meal. And then our culture isn't so much focused on duties. And when I, when I talk to certain moms about their duties as a Catholic mom, they're like, don't trigger me. Don't trigger me. <laughs> there's, a, there's a beautiful book called by Holly Pierlo called The Mother's Rule of Life that I found that I remember reading when the kids were younger. And that was very helpful to me. And it just sort of helps you to balance out the sense of you know, responsibilities that we do have towards our families with the interior life, which is you know, what's going on on the inside. Uh, so The Mother's Rule of Life by Holly Pierlo. I don't remember who published it. It might be Sophia Press. Yeah, I think it was yeah, Sophia Press. Um, I've, I've tried to get Holly on Midday Mom. So she's, I think she's like, I kind of moved on from ministering to moms. Um, but yes, it's, a, it's, a, it's definitely a remarkable book. And, um, you know, Paola, if you're interested, I, I do have um, a list of duties, but I know it's like from a, quite a traditional um mindset and so some people get all kind of you know weirded out by uh, the word duty I, I grew up with that word uh, claude also mentioned that she helped had someone helping her clean the house um, that's always very helpful too if you can get some help with uh, uh cleaning but moms please remember you're not alone um please remember that our blessed mother wants to help you in being a good mother and so I do encourage each and every one of you to um, kind of I, I never know what the right word is but to do a consecration to our blessed mother you know she was the mother of Jesus and she wants to be a mother to us as well and I think we as mothers we need to be mothered right like if we're being nurtured and if we're being loved and we're being healed then we ourselves can become better mothers. And I know I've met a lot of women that have been wounded by their mothers. And so they come into, they, they come into being a mom with all of these old wounds. And there's a lot of you know, interior work that needs to be done. And I always say consecration to our blessed mother is the fastest way to becoming a, a good and, and holy mother. Um, anyway, we, we um it's always like i'm so glad we had this time together it <laughs> <laughs> was fun yeah. and thank you for all the women who logged on and joined us this, this was great to be able to share some time with you dorothy yeah thanks I, for inviting me on your program love you to pieces do you have any closing thoughts um sometimes i talk too much so forgive me um, um, do you have any closing uh, no. thoughts just remember, you don't have to do it perfectly. God loves us anyway. Just do the best you can and offer it back to the Lord. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy to came fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thy intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, we fly to thee, O Virgin of Virgins, our Mother. To thee do we come before thee. We stand sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not our petitions but in thy mercy hear and answer us. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Um, someone says, okay, that's, that maybe we can have a session on the Catholic mother duties and how we can support each other to fulfill them. Um, yes, and I've invited actually, 
uh, from Madonna House. Uh, he spoke at Calling All Girls a Priest because Madonna's house, their whole focus is, you know, fulfilling the duty of the moment mm. as a way of becoming closer to God. What's the name of that priest? I forget. But anyway, um, we have invited him to, to speak on that. Um, he's going to be available a little bit later during the summer. That's right. Father Dennis, love you. Thank you, Christina. <laughs> that, that's right. Yes, yes. So we have invited him to speak on duty. Duty isn't something that should actually scare us, but it can free us to stay focused on what needs to be done opposed to what we think needs to be done, right? Um, so thank you each and every one of you for joining us. Uh, thank you, Heidi. Uh, you're such a gift. Make a plug for the book one more time. Just love that book. <laughs> the Ave Purple, for Catholic Moms from Ave Maria Press. Yes. Go today and get a copy from Novalis. You have to order it from Novalis if you're in Canada. So yes. thank you, Dorothy, for being a part of this. Okay, thank you. And uh, yeah, I love you all. And mwah, mwah, mwah. <laughs> uh, God okay, God bless. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye. Thank Bye. you so much for joining us. Thank you.